Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. Have a plan, but be ready to change it anytime. I think, you know, one of the big questions is how do you juggle three YouTube channels? Everyone has a chance to grab this attention. It's just a matter of like holding it for a longer period. It's becoming harder and harder. You're a business owner, content creator. You got a team to manage and then a family to run and then self-care to take care of yourself. What, what have you learned about being a parent and also being a business owner and a content creator as far as tips, staying sane, getting it all done? So what does it really take to make it as a content creator? Today, we're gonna to be learning from someone who has over 10 million subscribers across her channels, but of course, she didn't start there. And so we're gonna be hearing her story, learning her tips, as well as discussing some things like raising venture capital as a creator that actually is possible and what are some of the innovations happening there? What are the opportunities for non-English channels? And what are some of the tips for parents that are trying to juggle business or their jobs and content creation? So many topics with Marina Magilko. Did I say Thank it right? Thank you for having me. Yes, Silicon Valley girl. Yeah. Silicon Valley girl, Lingua Marina, Marina Magilka, multiple personalities. Multiple online. personalities. <laughs> so grateful to have you on the Think Media podcast. Yeah, you were on you. the show. Um, you were at Growth Video Live virtually during the pandemic. Three years ago. Three years ago. Crushed it. You're doing so many Thank cool you. things in entrepreneurship as a content creator. For people that are just meeting you, though, what are you um, up to? Go a little back a little bit. When did mm -hmm. you start? And what are you up to these days? Yeah, I actually started back in 2014. My story is I'm Russian. Was born and raised in Russia. Started a company together with my husband to help students study abroad. Uh, started growing this company, but we had a hard time raising in Russia and like growing internationally. So we're like, okay, we need to raise money abroad. But again, it was hard. And I thought, okay, let us try and get an MBA in the US. I heard they were giving out scholarships to international students. And I got the scholarship uh, to study in Johns Hopkins and University of Florida for my MBA. Uh, but we also got an offer from 500 startups in Silicon Valley. This is how we ended up in Silicon Valley. And this is how I started my channel because I took my GMAT and I was like, okay, well, first of all, I discovered YouTube as a platform when I when I was getting ready for my exams. I was like, oh my God, a completely different platform with all of these amazing videos. I want to participate too. So I took my GMAT and I came back, came back home and I recorded my first video, how to take GMAT. That was nine years ago. That was in Russian. And yesterday my Russian channel hit 2 million followers. Wow. And so we moved to the US. Uh, I started, I continued making content in Russian, but then I was like, okay, we're in the US now. How about I start in English? So I started my channel called Lingua Marina, which is now at almost 8 million followers. And I'm inspiring people to learn English, to change their life with English. So it's English for non-English native speakers. But I also talk a lot about American culture. And then I realized that my American friends are not consuming my content because it's all about like how to speak English. So I started Silicon Valley Girl, a channel about life in Silicon Valley. Wow. So three different channels. And then... Do you have multiple businesses? I have, uh, well, basically two companies. One company is the one that we started back then. Uh, we raised venture capital. It's a study abroad booking platform and also online education platform. So you can learn languages uh, by taking online courses. And another company just manages whatever I'm doing as a creator, my media company. 
Gotcha. And Lingua Marina, is that is that what's connected to the company or is it separate? It's kind of connected just because I do a lot of promotion for my company, but it's a separate entity. Gotcha. That's amazing. And so I think, you know, one of the big questions is how do you juggle three YouTube channels? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I have a team. This yeah. is like the most helpful thing ever. Totally. I have amazing people who help me with scripting, who look through the videos, who edit them, who post them. Like they do all of that. I'm just in front of the camera. So they're super helpful. And also I had a schedule but before 2023. I had a very strict schedule. I wanted to do one long video each week for each channel and then three shorts for each channel. So that's like 12 videos a week. Have you been staying consistent with that? And I was super consistent in 2022, but I almost burned out because oh. I really wanted to travel. And then I was like, oh, I want to see my parents in Thailand, but that means I can't really create content there because it's too hot. And like, it's not where you create content for my channels um, specifically. So I thought, okay, I came up with this schedule, but it's me who came up with the schedule. No one is forcing me to release that many videos. And so now it's more like, okay, if I'm in the mood, I will create videos. So I think I'm down to like, Four to five videos a week. Counting shorts. Counting shorts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And how many team members are working on the content creation side of things? I would say around five. Okay. I have a, I have two editors. I have a YouTube manager. I have someone who helps me with thumbnails. And I have like, when I say YouTube manager, it's basically someone who helps me with scripts and posting. And I have like a substitute YouTube manager. But I also have a team who works on my courses and a team who works on my brand deals. Yeah. Oh, okay, I need to probably count them. So all together, there are 35. I don't like it. Yeah. Like we're going to... 35 people. Yeah, we're yeah. going to see how we, we can optimize things because, you know, I when I was running LinguaTrip, it was like over 60 people, like our language learning company. And I realized I can't do it because I'm not the best manager in the world. Yeah. I freak out when people are unhappy and I, I freak out when people don't follow my instructions. So I freak out a lot. So my husband took over and he's the CEO. He's running it. He's a lot more stable, a lot better CEO than I am. But now the same thing is happening with my personal team. I'm like, I want this person, that person. Now there are too many people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's uh, quite the empire. And um, I'm curious some of the lessons you've learned from successful YouTube videos that you've posted. You've posted a lot of videos, so some do better than others. And probably for a portion of our audience, your English channel, Silicon Valley Girl, um, is probably one of the most relevant channels to learn from. What are some of the lessons you've learned from your most viral videos? Uh, your top viewed video of all time is on profitable business ideas. It got 3.3 million views. But the, my, my most popular video, most watched video is my short about okay, washing yeah. a car in California. How much it costs to wash a Tesla in California? 42 million views. I did not expect this. Mm. And this is what you learn from these videos. Like you don't expect with shorts, okay. things can go wild. That was like a mini vlog. It was my first time washing a Tesla and I was trying to figure out where is this neutral mode? Because if, if you've driven Tesla, it's like it goes either up or down and neutral is a small, small button on the screen somewhere. And I was like, oh my God, how do I wash my car? So, and people were laughing at me basically. So one of the things is shorts. You've been finding the most views with yeah, shorts yeah, and it's yeah. a vlog. You, you filmed it and kind of edited it later, structured it, not just to no, throw it yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. but you really. I would, I would create B-roll when I'm on set or like in, in the wild. And then I will come back home and make a mini vlog out of it with a voiceover. Gotcha. Okay. Um, how about long form? And that's uh, what I was looking at with some of your long forms. What are some of the lessons you learned from, you know, most profitable business ideas? I noticed you turned this into a series. Have you found? Yeah, because it was performing so well. But again, it's like, it's so weird with YouTube 
five years ago, everyone was making those videos, like business ideas, like productivity videos, and they were booming. Mm. These days, it's something different. I think people are already fed up with those videos. So I made that video. I don't even remember what inspired me. I was just, because I live in Silicon Valley, I see so many people trying so many different things. And because we moved to the US and I had experience uh, living in Europe, you know, just experiencing different cultures, I really wanted the best things to be in the US as well. Like, I think one of the ideas there was how do we make healthy food outside San Francisco and LA? Because when you're driving from San Francisco to LA, like gas station food is, oh my God, you can't yeah. really eat it. It's not healthy. And so I was like, let's create a vending machine with organic farmers. And I think they appear like five years later, I see them in, in, in the airport. So it was just like, I want to inspire people to do something that I miss in the US. And uh, this is how this series came up, um, how I came up with the series, yeah. What tips do you have uh, if somebody asks you and they see all your success from starting YouTube and they're thinking about starting a channel, uh, what advice do you give them? Stay consistent and experiment. That's okay. it. That's it. You, you just try and try and try. You try 20 different videos. Uh, and like sometimes we're like, okay, I'm putting out 10 pieces of content. There, It's all the same. Like if it's all the same, it's not going to work. You have to try role plays or I don't know, do comedy. Like just go out there and try different things. So you're, you mentioned before, you're kind of evolving a little bit in your brand. How has your brand evolved? You mentioned you're getting into fashion. And so uh, what is kind of your thinking there and mm -hmm. what it means to reinvent yourself or evolve as a creator? Yeah. So because um, I raised a venture round as a creator, they, so investors, when they invest in creators or startups, anything, they're betting that they're going to invest in 10 creators and one of them is going to become Jeff Bezos of creators. Mm. So what is Jeff Bezos of creators? Like, who is that person? And when I think about it, these are people who are getting big contracts, right? Who are making like tens of millions of dollars, but not just because they're posting content. Like you can't get to the list celebrity level just as a content creator. You need to be a media person. Like I was on the panel with Patrick Starr yesterday and he, he said he got 400 million views on his YouTube channel. And at the same time, he sells millions of item, items of his makeup at Sephora. I have 2 billion views on my channels, but mm. I don't sell that. Like, this is not what I'm doing business-wise. Like, and if I go to Sephora, I would probably fail right now. So being a media person and being a creator um, are two different things. And this is what I'm trying to figure out next. How do you go from just being a creator when... Everything that you do just depends on you making content versus how do I become this celebrity, whatever you call it, media person, where companies create content about you because you're exciting, you're interesting, they want to see you. So Patrick has a really bright personality. I'm trying to figure out what is that for me. How are you incorporating some of that new content? Is it going into some of your videos? What channel is that going on? Or is it also other platforms? Are you embracing other platforms? It's going everywhere. It's just I am shifting like with education or business, I think the maximum number of views you can get like consistently, like a million is really good. Yeah. People who are in entertainment or like lifestyle, they get 10 million views consistently, 20 million views consistently. So I'm trying to, even like for educational stuff, I just recorded a collab with uh, Leo Gonzalez. Do you know the, he's like one of my favorite creators right now. He's so fun. So we, we did like Basic English versus American English. I say a phrase, he says a phrase. So it's fun. It's yeah. not like I'm teaching something like grammar. It's just just fun to watch for everyone. Americans, I did a, a similar collab with an Australian creator. Like I am trying to bring it uh, into the entertainment world kind of so that everyone can understand. The takeaway 
if I'm understanding too, is education also has a lid on it at some point. Yeah, but education, as, business, investment, like it's it's a niche. But right? if you start tapping into entertainment, you can so that raise everyone that, understands that lid yeah. a lot higher and even your core thing of helping with language and teaching English, you make that entertaining, you bring collaboration exactly. into it. Exactly. It can have a whole greater level of reach. Absolutely. Like Duolingo, their strategy is just mind blowing. Yeah. Have you seen their, their I mascot? Haven't. So they, they're one of the top companies crushing it on social media because they came up with this green owl, which was their mascot uh, for a while. And now they're just following trends with it. Millions of views. Every single short. They're a social mm. media person. She was here last year and she was the reason I came to VidCon because I wasn't speaking uh, last year. And she's like 23, 24. And so Duolingo is this world phenomenon now because they're just, you know, everybody knows Duolingo thanks to yeah. TikToks and everybody. And they see how people start using app more and more because they're targeted, bombarded with those videos. They're recommended everywhere. You mentioned you raised venture. And for people that are not familiar with Silicon Valley lingo, can you explain what that is and even what that mm -hmm. meant and if that's an opportunity for others? Yeah, so it's definitely an opportunity for others. I met a couple more people who are raised from the same same venture company. It's called Slow Ventures. They are investing in creators. And again, they're betting that out of 10 creators, you know, some will become uh, huge. And I like that it's very Silicon Valley style. And what I mean by that is that they give me capital. Like when I was talking to them, they're like, we have no control over your content. You can do whatever you want. If you decide to stop tomorrow, there is nothing we can do about it. Like this is, it's up to you. So I have all the freedom in the world to do whatever I want with the money, to do whatever I want with my content. They will never come and say like, hey, Marina, stop posting this. This is inappropriate, whatever. Like there is no say, but they're actually so super helpful whenever like I have anything I, I just go and ask so this is the Silicon Valley style of investing at early stage they give you a lot of freedom and you do whatever you feel is best for your career yeah wow and if somebody so that's a company they could look up would you encourage people to google it collaborate yeah, network ventures. if they wanted to explore this absolutely slow ventures and I think they have a newsletter for creators called slow upload so subscribe and yeah I, I feel like this is like I would personally invest in the current batch of like Stanford graduates, like investing in people is this new concept, which totally makes sense because we invest, especially early stage investing. We do not invest in a company. We invest in the founder who we think yeah. is going to take this to the next level. So why not invest them? And then is that ultimately for a portion of the IP, the intellectual property for a portion of ownership in your brand for a period of time? Yeah, yeah it's like a revenue, uh, revenue share agreement uh, for a period of time. Uh, oh, sorry. Profit, profit sharing agreement. Yeah. Yeah. You have three channels and one is in English. You have basically a kind of a vlog lifestyle channel mm -hmm. in Russian. Yeah. It just crossed 2 million subscribers. A lot of people do ask, okay, if I'm bilingual, um, or what video, what language should I do on my videos? And should I upload two different languages, two different languages? Should I upload two different languages on the same channel? No. No, no, never, never, never. Separate them. And yes, please embrace all of your languages, all of your backgrounds, because it's just amazing how like it's it's different. My Russian audience, they are so attached to me, kind of, because I've been vlogging for nine years. Yeah. And a lot of them grew up with me. And um, I also feel like if you're in the US, all of the a lot of countries in the world look up to the US and they want to know what it's like to be here. So, yeah, I have a lot of I know a lot of creators who vlog in like English and Japanese, English and Spanish. If they vlog in 
in both though, are you saying they uploaded on the same channel? No, 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 no. Two separate channels. So they vlog twice? You do. Yeah, this is what I do. So with shorts, it's a lot easier because I can B-roll and then I come back home, do separate voiceovers. And I also work with a startup called Olang. They do five more languages for me. They do Spanish, French, German, Portuguese, Arabic. With dubbing? With with dubbing. Yeah, they use AI. And to... is it your voice? No, 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 no. It's, okay. it's a different voice. There's a different voice. Yeah. But uh, so... Is it then generally the vlog is a voiceover model, which allows it as opposed to vlogging to yeah, camera? If you, if you vlog to camera, it's two separate takes in yeah. two languages, which I do all the time. Okay. And, and it's fine. Okay. It's just it takes twice as long, but then you don't have to go back to the same like setting. Yeah. You just do the same thing. Okay. So the reason number one, the reason you don't want to do it is because you could confuse the algorithm. Right. And if oh, somebody, yeah. and oh, if somebody's people, like if I only speak English and you start uploading in Chinese, I will just skip, so, skip, skip. And then the algorithm learns that it's not the audience. So, of course, so keep so keep it focused on the channel. Now, if you wanted to do multiple channels, so you separate them, you're maybe just doing some clips throughout the day where you do two languages. But then knowing that other parts of it will just be is it a lot of voiceover and B-roll typically in your vlogs? No, that's that's only for short. So my long video strategy is actually so for Lingua Marina, I would just do long videos specifically for that channel because I only talk about that topic on that channel. OK, Silicon Valley Girl, I would sometimes do the same vlogs as I do for my Russian channel. But again, they're slightly different. Okay. Uh, because, for example, my latest video is a Notion collab and they specifically wanted Silicon Valley Girl. So I just did a 15-minute video showing my templates. In English. And it's not, yeah, and it's not going to go to my Russian channel. It's, it's different content. I got it. What do you think is the opportunity for non-English-speaking YouTube channels right now? Do you think there's a big global opportunity? Yeah, it's never been as easy as in 2023, just because you don't have to say anything. There are so many trends where you just do something and the music plays and that's it. Mm. You don't have to say a word in your language, which is Kabilame. Kabilame is the right way to pronounce the number one TikToker. Yeah. Like he doesn't speak a word in English, but he's the face of Hugo Boss. He's the face of Binance US. He's yeah. the like he's everywhere. He's the face of Pepsi in LA has a huge billboard, doesn't say a word in English in his videos. Wow. And with AI, and there's a lot of startups that have, that are doing the dubbing, that are dubbing yeah, channels. Yeah. And so, and I did hear about some that actually will AI your voice. Yeah. So yeah. it is actually your it voice is happening speaking already. to different yeah. languages, yeah, yeah, which is just super wild. What about in general? Some people think, okay, you've been doing this since 2014. Yeah. And now it's 2023. People go, oh, it's so crowded. Mm. Do you think it's too late to start YouTube? I don't think so. I think it's just the, the concept of a creator is changing. Like 20 years ago, we have Oprah. We had like all of these people who we know today as well who are huge celebrities. I think this opportunity is now almost gone because there's so much content. There are so many people. So it's going to be harder and harder to become that one big celebrity who's famous for the next generation. But I feel you have a really good chance to be like to be visible mm. because of the social media algorithm, because of how much time we spend on socials. So everyone has a chance to grab this attention. It's just a matter of like holding it for a longer mm -hmm. period. It's becoming harder and harder. One of the quotes I heard in the industry session that we're living in a world where everybody's going to be famous, but nobody's going to know who anybody is. Exactly. Like small niches, niche superstars, et cetera, yeah. which is 
It's okay. Which is kind of a, it, which the opportunity becomes, it's the practical. Op- we talk about it a lot where not everyone's going to be a YouTube millionaire, but the practicality of earning $50,000 a year on the side or replacing your other job in some way is practical. If Absolutely. it's a particular niche you pick, the way you position. And I think about, I mean, it is kind of wild. We have, uh, Mary's Nest was just here. Um, when I spoke at VidCon and we got, it was the first time we met. She's 60 was when she started YouTube. She had never posted. She just turned 65. She does cooking videos. She's about to hit a million subscribers. Now, if you follow her, you'd recognize her, but most people would never recognize her in public. Mm -hmm. You could be followed by a million people. Yeah. But you're not, you're not. Also, maybe she's, uh, maybe her followers are in a different country. This is what sometimes happens. People are like, oh, I have 10 million views, but no one is approaching mm-hmm. me in the street. And they go to Dubai and they can't walk. Sure. <laughs> this is also like this phenomenon because you can be anywhere. That's true. It's a global audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. So you made a video about a while back about how much YouTube pays you, mm-hmm. YouTube specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, you probably haven't looked at the numbers recently, but I am curious. It's always people's question, specifically like how much they can earn from ad revenue. How much does YouTube pay you? Not much these days. I think it declined for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's 50% less than it was last year. Wow. So my Russian channel, I think it's like 2K a month. My yeah. Lingua Marina, which is like 8 million. It's maybe 9K, 9 to 12K, yeah. depending. Silicon Valley Girl is also, it fluctuates a lot if a video is like getting a lot of views, but it's also like 2 to 5K every month. It's not, not a lot. Have you seen that? Well, so- sorry, a lot of money... In general, but like for the views that I'm getting, sure, because people be like, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, if you add up all those monies, and but like, and if, there's also a team behind you that's yeah. supporting, so that yeah, that's gonna be a lot of money for an individual. It's not as much if you're employing other people or paying exactly. freelancers. Exactly. So also, um, my guess is you have three channels, so you get to see different CPMs and RPMs. My guess is that Silicon Valley Girl would be the highest, the highest, because of the type of people who watch it, and you talk about things like Tesla, which yeah. attracts the Tesla audience. Well, that was a short, so it okay. doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it typically has a higher CPM if they're in the U.S. and maybe the age and economics of the viewers. Is mm-hmm. that affect? You think that affects it does? Your CPM? Of course, of course. I I think the highest CPM I've seen was on that channel, and it was seventy two dollars for a video for for a thousand views. Wow. So it was a what video. Was the topic? I think it was something how to create a website, something like very specific, very niche. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people from Australia were watching and Australia is like, my dear Australians, yeah. thank you for watching. That is, <laughs> very so, nice that is amazing. Are you act, uh, active on TikTok? Yes. What is your thought of TikTok versus YouTube? I think TikTok is your shot at becoming a celebrity. Like yeah. if you're, if you're top 1%, then you're Kaby Lame, Charlie D'Amelio. But if you're, average tiktoker like i am there is nothing like i don't really make money there they pay like a dollar a day uh i don't really get super fans they're like sub- subscribers who are who are in love with uh with my content they just scroll through my content sometimes the video goes viral sometimes it doesn't so i don't i, I don't have the sense of community there um, but this is my experience maybe because you know i'm always like posting about different things but i feel like youtube my YouTube subscribers are a lot more loyal to my content. Well, knowing everything you know now, let's say all 10 million across three channels mm-hmm. and all your other accounts all went to zero, mm-hmm. but you had all the skills and all the knowledge mm-hmm. that you have. What would be your approach to starting as a content creator from scratch? What platform or what would you do first? Shorts and reels. Okay. To, Why? Uh, well, because it's pretty much the same. If, 
content goes viral on YouTube probably will go viral on Instagram. S slightly different. So Instagram prefers, prefers shorter videos, eight to 10 seconds, very visual. YouTube is still, the sweet spot would be like 50 to 60 second clips. But I feel like they're also trying to make people create shorter videos so that, you know, it's easier to, to start posting. So we'll totally do these two platforms because Instagram, because you have stories, And uh, stories is this great way to see you in real time. Again, deeper connection. And YouTube, um, the algorithm likes your subscribers and they would actually see your new videos. I love it. And so you would go Instagram and YouTube would be the play for you. Yeah. TikTok, it's like if I can have a person who will just uh, repost all my videos. This is what we do now. I don't make TikTok specific content. As we land the plane, you have two daughters. Mm -hmm. uh, what ages? Three and two. Three and two, we have a lot of families and parents watching this. You're a business owner, a content creator, you're doing th all kinds of stuff. You got a team to manage and then a family to run and then self-care to take care of yourself. What, what have you learned about being a parent and also being a business owner and a content creator as far as tips, staying sane, getting it all done? Yeah. And also, first of all, don't, well, have a plan, but be ready to change it any time. Like I've planned something and then my daughter is sick. So she's staying home. So I can't do anything. If she's home, I can't work. I have to be with her. So it's always like, yes, I have a plan, but it might change. Yeah. Uh, this is the first thing. The second thing, it gets easier when they like, if they start daycare, then you have more hours in a day. It's still different. Um, we were lucky because my mom stayed with us when she, Emily was born, our first daughter. So, so she really helped me. She would go outside and walk with her and I will record my videos. And we got a nanny. We like in the past two months, we were just me my husband and I was bad <laughs> because they still wake up at night. Yeah. Once they stop waking up at night, I think this is when you, when you become feeling better. And I, if you can do sleep training. Yeah. Because I couldn't. I can't. When they start crying. Because sleep sure. training is like, yeah. uh, let them cry. I can't. Yeah. So they still want to sleep with us. They still wake up in the night. Yeah. We have a two and a half year old and a nine month old. Oh, you had a second baby. Yeah. We have two boys. And um, definitely we've learned you have to be flexible. And we are also learning because we once we had the second one, it restarted again. We had already got one's walking, sleeping mm. in his own room, actually. And then we're like, oh, but then we're like, oh, we're starting over, though. You know, now we have yeah. another one sleeping with us. But it's us. great that you were able to do that with the first one. I can't like she has to. Emily has to. And Lily as well. Yeah. They can't sleep alone. They sure. freak out. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, but we're learning it's seasonal. And so having the long game as opposed, it could be frustrating in the moment because you think about what's the next six months or a year, but then you think about multiple years and family is everything. So family is everything. Day, That's true. Yeah. yeah. And it goes by fast. I'm reading this book. It goes, I think it, it's called, it goes fast. It goes so mm. fast and like that. It does go fast. So yeah. I'm, I try to appreciate every moment and I'm here, but I'm leaving like my plane is in three hours so I can pick them up from daycare. I really want to do that. Yeah. Hopefully it's not delayed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so grateful for you and just want to acknowledge you. Thanks so for adding so much value to so many people and Thank taking time you. to be on the podcast. Of course, if people want to check you out, do a roll call of your stuff or anything you're working on. And we'll link it up in the show notes. And yeah. so, uh, follow me on Instagram. I think Instagram is like, me every day in real time. <laughs> yeah. And then of course on Instagram, you let people know about stuff you're doing. Of or, course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your stories. New video coming out, everything. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And so yeah. shout that out. Where is that? What are your Instagram handle? Lingua Marina. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the Think Media Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed, share it out. Yay. Smash like if you're on YouTube, rate and review if you're on audio. Talk soon. Peace.